Welcome back to another Drunk Friend Podcast. For the uninitiated, we're a couple of retro gaming enthusiasts and YouTubers who started a podcast to chat with other people just like us. More about that in a second. But for now, I'm Travis, a.k.a. Ness Friend, alongside Alex, a.k.a. Sness Drunk. Yo. Yo. And wow, what an atypical uh, pair of weeks here with the, the quarantining and whatnot. How has it impacted uh, your life and your video making? Uh, my life is pretty weird because I'm working from home for the first time in my life. Um, it's That's kind of weird because a lot of people that I work with in my office, for those that don't know, I work at a, a records a records department for a community college. And so I work with a lot of older people. <laughs> <laughs> so getting them on board with technology, like that takes like a week to take care of in and of itself. And we're still not there yet. So there's still a lot going on. Um, on that end and in the meantime you know since i work at a school uh i'm only as busy as long as like applications are coming in and stuff like that so and there's like nobody's thinking about school right now <laughs> right so there's not much going on for me uh on the work front but as far as the videos and stuff like that everything's pretty much the same um should i guess we should talk a little bit about what we're working on huh yeah i guess we could do that well first the how is life treating you so far in the in the quarantine? Because oh, I know right. it's, it, it must be difficult for you because you uh, have more responsibilities. <laughs> yeah, well, it seems like I'm working harder now that I'm home because I have this suspicion that people think that I'm not working hard because I'm at home. So <laughs> it's uh, it's kind of flipped on its head. So it's a lot more teleconferencing and awkward meetings using video conferencing tools that I'm not comfortable. Like, it's weird. Like, I make tons of videos, but, like... I don't usually have my face in them, but so having right. to like teleconference with even people that I know is just really awkward. And you're just always looking up someone's nose or whatever. It's just awkward, <laughs> but a lot, a lot's getting done, I guess, but it's, you know, I, the time I save every morning putting on pants has been nice. I just kind of stroll down and, uh, into the old office and just rock it out. Just me and the cat. I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's something maybe I could get, I don't want to get used to it, but I could. Yeah, bad. no, I hear you. It's nice not to have to stress out about traffic. That's the worst part of my day every day is just driving to work because there might not be a lot of traffic in Albuquerque, New Mexico, but there, it's the drivers. It's like the ah. the the singular, you know, the singularities that like drive diagonally down the <laughs> down the highway, you know, cutting everybody off, and it's just like, okay, congratulations, you beat me to this red light. <laughs> you're a great job. I'm sure you're proud of yourself. Proud yeah. of yourself there. As but. a country bumpkin, I experience no traffic at any point of my life. Like my day to day is, you know, I probably don't drop below 65 miles per hour unless I'm parking or pulling out of the parking spot. So, dang, don't have that complaint. Uh, but the roads are pretty empty here. I I did notice. I've noticed things about like things that have always existed. I'm now noticing as a thing. Like I don't know how it rolls in Albuquerque, but. Uh, or in New Mexico in general. But in Virginia, we have ABC stores. So basically, Virginia controls our distribution of liquor. And uh, so there's no liquor stores, uh, like traditionally. Like you can go to, like in a lot of states, you can go to like a gas station and it has like, you can get Cheetos, yeah. beer, and liquor. Like in Virginia, that's not a thing. There's just dedicated liquor stores that are ran specifically by the government. I did not know that. Yeah, it's really strange. It's very controlled. But uh, they're considered essential and I didn't know this. You could do this like always. You could just put in an order from your phone and then just go pick it up like it's, you know, takeout from Ruby Tuesday. And so I've been doing that 
because you know that's not that I I know it's been we've been quarantined for a week and I'm already talking about having like liquor delivered to my house like I'm not <laughs> I don't have a problem but I did notice it was a thing I was running low I was you know dipping into my reserves I was sitting on less than five gallons so I was like man I gotta go I gotta go restock so uh, <laughs> well it's like Barney Gumble when he first uh takes a sip of that uh, beer from uh, from Homer in college, and he just goes, it begins! <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Completely different character from then on. But, uh, yeah, that was yep. cool. So finding stuff, I used DoorDash for the first time. That was cool. Trying not to get out, limiting my social exposure, which I was already pretty good at doing. But, uh, yeah, it's just strange times, man. Yeah, it's pretty tough not to be like, you know what, it's 9.30 a.m., it's time for a beer. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's it's like, okay, I got to, like, exert some self-control here. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty quiet. I went for a drive with the dogs on Sunday, and it's very strange not to see, like, any traffic anywhere. I, I read an article about uh, this lady. I forget what city in New Mexico it was. Um, but she was just going around the neighborhood driving very slowly and she she has a convertible and she just has like i think it's a german shepherd and she's doing like a one lady one dog parade (laughs) and just like waving to everybody and everybody's Uh, coming out of their house to wave and say hello and stuff it's i thought that was awesome i was like man that that that's how you do it right there that's that sounds like fun yeah it's it's strange in that like our old neighbor came over to give us like cookies like that's what we need right now is cookies cookies all right yeah but we were like we just saw her going door to door giving out like treats and stuff we're like lady what are you doing like this is the worst thing yeah you could be doing like it's it's a sweet (laughs) gesture but now i'm gonna go have i'm gonna have to go in here and like lice all down these cookies and (laughs) scrub them down she wasn't wearing gloves and like you know try not to be hyper vigilant or rude but like you're really old you're really sweet but you need to you know stay inside watch yeah some columbo reruns and just chill for a couple weeks And uh, yeah, I just worry Big about Columbo people. Big Columbo fan, aren't you? You know, raised with that one TV. You can only, yeah. yeah. And Matlock, Columbo, Heat of the Night. I'm all in on 80s com- or 80s crime drama. How about uh, Hill Street Blues? Oh, love it. Love it. Yeah. Another yeah. big favorite. Yeah, I, I, Chips I, I, for the comedy relief. Let's be careful out there. <laughs> and Dragnet? That's the only, that's the only good... thing. Oh, yeah, Dragnet's uh, another classic. Yeah, TV Land. I uh, Big fan. So we were talking about uh, what we were playing, but before we even get into that, I'm going to push that back even further. We had talked about, potentially, and I alluded to it in the intro, that we we're eventually going to have guests on this oh, show. Oh, right, yeah. And what a lot of people don't know is that we did. Yes, we did. <laughs> and uh, should we? I, I think we should save who it is until the yes, actual podcast yeah. Yeah, we'll do that. Uh, drops. We'll do that. But um, it's my fault It's it didn't air because um, I had the, uh, of course... Uh, pleasure of having um, my audio recording program Adobe Audition. When I press stop on recording after about after talking for about an hour, um, I got the dreaded not responding parenthetical. Uh. And um, then, uh, you know, I waited for about five minutes and then the program just disappeared. Yeah. And I, sp- I spent about two hours looking for the audio on my computer, nowhere to be found. So it's like, sorry, can we do this again and to be fair he he's a super nice guy couldn't be a more chill guy right. he's really awesome to talk to uh you guys will love it so yeah. um we look forward to that being episode three and in fact i got some breaking news here he said that um let me pull it up here he said that either wednesday or thursday night would work for him we're recording this on a monday 
or no today's tuesday <laughs> ah. uh, so would 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 thursday work for you or no actually no i'm, uh, I'm gonna okay. have to be a friday saturday sunday guy on this one okay not to be the right, difficult so, one but no no you're fine i'll just bounce that back to him and see what he says Cool. Yeah. So if, you know, for folks that end up listening to episode three, uh, assuming that, you know, you, you listen to one, you survive two here, you make it to three. If you don't like it, trust us, the original recording was probably better. <laughs> Keep that in mind at Keep all times, the entire yes. time you're listening to it. If, Write it down on a piece of paper. <laughs> and every time you frown at something somebody <laughs> says, just look at that piece of paper and be like, huh, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was... Uh, you know, it was a lot of fun. Can't wait to do it again. Fun guy. Yeah, so. and it's it's a uh, it's a YouTuber that you're all prob. If you're listening to this, you're probably familiar with this person. No doubt. So you guys will like it. So about what we've been up to. So I actually kind of have um, a fun little story about a video project I'm working on. In that, and it'll be a part of the video too. So I'm totally spoiling the video. But the. <laughs> I, I was doing a review of this really simple shoot 'em up for the NES called Twin Eagle. No one's heard of it. No one cares. I get that. That's an NES game? It is an NES game. Yeah, it was an arcade oh, game for okay. the NES. Yeah. yeah, I've played the arcade. I did not know it made it to the NES. Yeah. Um, no one needs to make a video about it, if I'm being honest. But, <laughs> I, you know, it came up on the randomizer, and I said, let's just do it. And I take those opportunities to, I was like, let's just make an entertaining, fun video. Like, that that's my chance to really do what I want to do. No one's going to be heartbroken if I hate the game, and maybe I'll get a few laughs out of it. That's kind of what I was thinking. Um, so this game has this, according to Wikipedia, and again, this will all come out in the video, but um, it says that the European version of the game contains a well-known Japanese-English mistranslation as the player is informed after losing all lives that the player game is abortion. And... <laughs> And I decided I had to see that, like, for my own eyes. Now, on Wikipedia, it actually says citation needed for that. And I was like, well, you know, why? it's too specific to kind of make up and just put in a Twin Eagle Wikipedia page. Like, it has to exist. So I go looking for it, and I find that, number one, there's not a European version of the game that I could find. And there are rumors of, like, I guess not rumors, but there, there is some evidence that... Um, I keep saying there's rumors and evidence as if this is if there's not like a physical piece of thing. But like in Australia, there is a Twin Eagle game that was made unlicensed. And I'm like, maybe that's it. Maybe someone thought Australia and Europe were like the same thing. They speak the same language. Maybe. I don't know. But I can't find a ROM for that. I can't find any ROM that has this translation. I've looked for compilation ROMs, carts. I've looked all over the place. I cannot make it happen. So the video actually starts down this wormhole and never ends up finding like I just want a screenshot of this mistran it says it's well yeah. known but I well I wasn't I'm looking able to do at it. the list of NES games on Wikipedia and you know how it has like three columns uh mm -hmm. for the release dates for uh North America PAL region and um I guess Japan is somewhere else but um it says it's unreleased in Europe so was it like in development and then it was oh, maybe. canceled maybe or something like that it's a good question, yeah. So I, did, I looked all over the place, and it does say citation needed. My goal is for that citation to be a Nest Friend video. So I've got to keep – I will find it. But that's been the I salute you. That's, that's, that's much needed, very useful work you're doing right there. It's, Thank you. It's uh, a massive gap in the <laughs> – 
I mean, I, with a line like that, it's, we, we, I need some closure here. I know. I know. I really do. I know. That's have, crazy. I mean, have you gone down some wormholes through through your video? I know, like, you do a lot of the import stuff. Has there ever been just some weird mystery that you've come upon that you've not been able to, to figure out? Yeah. Um, that's what led to the Super Nintendo Myths uh, oh, right, of course. series where and i and i I forget what um oh yeah of course the what started that whole thing was all all the hagane nonsense Mm -hmm. uh for those of you who don't know hagane is a pretty rare ish uh super nintendo game and it's been talked about for years and i'm talking like over 10 years now as some sort of quote-unquote blockbuster exclusive like, oh, you could only rent it from Blockbuster. It wasn't for sale anywhere. Meanwhile, there's, like, no evidence of that anywhere. Uh, with certain Blockbuster games uh, that are rental exclusive, that was a thing. It'll say right on the box mm-hmm. that, hey, you can only rent this at Blockbuster. I think uh, Final Fight Guy was like yes. that. Yes, yes. Um, but Hagane wasn't. In fact, it said on the back of the box that the game is for sale. It's a, it's, it has the same text as every other game. It was listed for sale as in catalog orders. And it got to the point where somebody, um, a commenter, actually, um, I don't know how he got this, but he has, I don't know if he owns it or a friend owns it or a store owns it. It's an unopened um, uh, Hagane box that is from, I forget if it's KB Toy. I think it's Electronics Boutique. Okay. And it's got a price tag on it from Electronics Boutique, and it's sealed. And it's like fifty nine ninety nine, and I'm like, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. it's it's being sold in a store, right? Like, there's your evidence right there. Jeez. So, yeah, and that whole thing started because of uh, a few videos out there from much, much, much more popular YouTube uh, channels and personalities. And I was just like, why are people saying this? Like, this is, and it it's artificially bumped the price up of the game, and it, it's frustrating because it is a really good game. It's, right, it's incredibly hard. But it's still a really fun game, and it's like, well, I guess I got to go get the Super Famicom version if I want to own a cartridge of this one. So yeah, and you would think people that own like just the card version of Hagane would have complained about how much glue is on their cartridge from Blockbuster right. stickers, you know? Right, I know <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, they used rubber cement on those stickers. Oh, no like those were not. You had to take like a hammer and a chisel to get those off. Yeah, like it was ridiculous. Yeah, speaking of, I actually do have a Final Fight guy, though, and it's pristine, so I can't really explain that one, but, um, which is funny. Yeah, dude, I got so lucky when I was, when I first started collecting Super Nintendo stuff, so I collected NES for a while, and then I was, I kind of ventured into other uh, consoles because, you know, you get bored, whatever. Sure. Um, Didn't have a girlfriend at the time. And so, (laughs) (laughs) um, I was on eBay, and I found a lot of, uh, Super Nintendo games for like a hundred bucks. And it was like, it didn't even tell me what was in it. And I was kind of foolish in doing it um, because I should have expected just to get like 99 John Madden 94s and maybe a Wayne Gretzky's <laughs> hockey, which is actually almost what happened. I got five copies of almost every yearly sports game in that box. Ugh. Then Ugh. I got like a Mortal Kombat 2 that looked like it had throw up on it. Like I had to throw it away. And a final fight guy was in there wow in this decrepit old box that i guess somebody you know maybe they were just selling off stuff that they couldn't sell at a flea market put it on ebay and something fell through the cracks and i got super lucky yeah i was able to find out through somebody on my discord that 
you know, I was always under the impression that that game was just, oh, hey, it's it's the original Final Fight on Super Nintendo, but with Guy instead mm-hmm. of Cody. And I found out that that game um, has a lot more going for it. It's a lot more polished. Um, they t- they got rid of a lot of the slowdown. And oh, no. I believe uh, Poison and Roxy are in that version too, aren't they? Instead of Billy and Sid, I think there's some different oh. uh, enemies yeah. in there too. It's interesting. I've played both kind of extensively, but I've not really paid attention to that level of detail. Like I should, I should check it out. Yeah, they show up at the beginning of level two. Huh. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, I I was always for years. In fact, I think I put that as part of one of the myths videos. That um is like yeah, it's the original Final Fight is not, or I mean Final Fight guy j- isn't just another version of the original Final Fight. They actually cleaned it up substantially. Wow. And it's a better version. So even if you, it's worth getting if you like Final Fight, you know, and you just like playing it with the Super Nintendo controller. Yeah. It's worth getting it for, you know, like Super Famicom or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it's worth getting some other way besides actually other, buying yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what it's going for now. I haven't checked in a long time, but. Um... Oh, boy. I don't, I'm afraid to look. It's it's up there. It's in the it's in the 300s. One thing I got lucky on recently was uh, I managed to score a copy of Harvest Moon. Ooh. Um, because of a friend of a friend was moving and they were just it was a last minute thing and they were just desperate to like get rid of whatever so i offered like i was like i can give you 70 bucks for it he's like okay fine here you go wow and nice. he was like totally cool that i don't think he knew what he had and i feel kind of bad about it. it's one of those things where it's just like should i tell this guy but it's at the same time i could see how freaking stressed he was because he's moving across the country because of a job change, so it's like I don't want to burden this guy with with more crap. Yeah, and so. seventy bucks. I mean, that's that's still even if he didn't know what he had, that's more than he ever expected to get out of it. I mean, it's yeah, not like you offered I him just twenty threw, bucks, and yeah. it was and it was just for that game too. He had a bunch of others. He had like Kirby Superstar. Uh, he had the um, Mario All Stars with Mario World. Um, he had a bunch of stuff, but that one I was just, my like eyes lit up. I was like, holy! <laughs> crap. I've always wanted to own that game because. Um, while I didn't know about it when I was a kid, I would have loved it had I played it as a kid because it's like totally up my alley. Yeah, yeah, because I I remember you was you were going through like a big Stardew Valley phase for a while, and I think that yes. aren't they kind of similar? Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. The creator of Stardew Valley, like he did like this uh, very touching interview that where he got to meet the creator of Harvest Moon, oh. and he he talked about like how it's like yeah, there would be no Stardew Valley for for Harvest Moon. I put like you know a thousand hours into harvest moon and all that sort of stuff it was really cool yeah yeah that's awesome yeah that's kind of the i mean you know there's plenty of things to complain about when it comes to social distancing and whatnot but i do kind of miss i say miss like it like this is we've been in quarantine for 10 years but (laughs) because it's been warming up it's usually the time of year here in the mountains lovely appalachian mountains go out and you know hit the yard sales or the flea markets and be really right. close to people that don't take good care of themselves but now i can't I, you just can't pay me to do that now but you know it's i'm kind of getting the itchy itchy wallet finger like i haven't spent money on a video <laughs> game in probably two months are soon. you a big final fantasy 7 guy are you going to be getting that when it comes out there are certainly f- fans you know much bigger than i i do think that that looks cool and i'll, I'll play it but i'm not a day one kind of guy oh, okay yeah because we both, my uh, Pearl and I, my girlfriend, are yeah. uh, like we're just counting down the days till that comes out. So we're we're gonna be that's gonna be occupying like all of our time when that that comes out. Yeah. Mostly her playing because that's like her favorite thing. It's it's like her favorite thing. Period. Oh wow! <laughs> so I was gonna yeah. ask because you 
you know, you, you talk about Stardew Valley, and you've covered some more contemporary games uh, on occasion, like Steam stuff. But how often do you play modern games? Um, it's pretty. It comes and goes. I just, it's like anything else. Like I just get a bug for it sometimes. Like I think the most recent one for me was uh, Hollow Knight, and that was fun. Right, like, just going through that. Um, I had another recent one for Near Automata. Oh yeah! Holy crap, that game is amazing. But I really want to get to a place where I don't have, you know, I'm caught up on the channel and I don't have anything else going on. Uh, that game looks incredible. Looks incredible. It is incredible. Mm-hmm. Like um, the story, uh, like every part of it. And I hope to do a video on that one sometime. Like just on its own. Wow, just, that's how much I liked it. So, um, but yeah, sometimes I like, there's other games I really want to get to like uh, cross code is another one. It's like okay. an action RPG. Um, I was playing that on steam. Um, I can't, I can't think of any others off the top of my head, but yeah, there are some that like really grabbed me like, and Stardew Valley was definitely one of them. Uh, Undertale was another one. So do they kind of uh, have, I mean, I guess near, near automata, not specifically, but do they kind of have to have a retro feel to them to kind of speak to you most of the time or is it just a mixed bag it's a i think they do now that you mention it because near automata that your second playthrough with mm-hmm. the second character has that like he he hacks these machines and he goes in and, and then all of a sudden the gameplay turns into almost like this atari shooter uh you know real simple like almost like an asteroids kind of a game right right and it's like i it's like that's pretty clever it reminds me of what undertale did with their random battles where it's like that tiny little screen in the middle and you have to like just dodge stuff but yeah i think that is part of it for sure now that you mention it yeah i'm kind of a mixed bag too and i I do another podcast polykill where we talk about like going through the backlog and so my backlog is kind of a mix of of new and old um, I'll play the new stuff, you know, excited about the doom, new doom. I haven't gotten it yet, but you know, I'll probably yeah. play through that. Um, and then working through the NES backlog and the super Nintendo games and all that stuff is, is kind of a big deal, uh, for me too. So I'm, I guess I'm more all around the board. I just really want to play like my interests kind of lie in, um, you know, old and weird, like things that sure. that are old that I've never heard of, even if they're bad for some reason, just because it's from another time, I just want to check it out. And that's not so much true with newer stuff. Like, if you could tout out any new game and be like, hey, this is, you know, um, a quadruple A indie title. And I'm like, it needs to be proven to me first. Like, I need I need, sure. I need to have good reviews. And I need it to be worth my time out of the gate before I sink time into it. Because I just feel like there's so many of them. But I, I guess... More I'm, than ever, yeah. Yeah. So I guess I'm kind of like a just an obscure video game history nerd in some sure. way yeah another thing i just thought of is that i absolutely suck at most modern games like i'm terrible at a lot of so it, it, yeah the game definitely does have to have some kind of like retro simplicity to it because that's what i'm used to but yeah when it comes to modern stuff like i'm trying to think of, like red dead 2 like i can't i just can't play stuff like that because <laughs> i i freaking like how do you aim how do i right. get on this damn horse like <laughs> like i suck like i'm just not good and i just don't want to spend the time to like get good at it because i got other stuff i want to get to um yeah. i guess that's a catch too and that's a lot of the modern games that i am interested in like i really did like red dead 2 i liked god of war and the new spider-man but they they do take up a lot of time and yeah uh it's not like i'm averse to that like i'll play an old school rpg but i i still prefer a you know two to five hour experience over uh 
You know, I, I, I get to a point eventually in most games where I'm like, okay, let's wrap it up. Let's let's finish this off. And I, I experienced that a lot with a lot of the modern, modern stuff. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I'm in the same boat as you where I'm just, I, I guess maybe it's my attention span, but it's like uh, I, I'm too uh, scatterbrained. Especially when I when I'm recording footage, like I'm just jumping around save states. Like, oh, I need this part. I need this part. I need this part. Mm-hmm. I got to go back to the title screen and enter in a password and get this part. And like, just going in a million different directions. And uh, I'm gonna, I'm sick of this. I'm gonna go play something. <laughs> and it like scratches that itch like immediately. Whereas with something like, uh, you know, like Red Dead Two or Grand Theft Auto Five or whatever, it's like. Well, you know, you sit here and you play this one game for hours and hours, and it's just like, that's not interesting to me. Unless it's something super off the wall, like near Automata. Right. Yeah, that's a good That's a good point. I think I almost need to be overwhelmed with uh, media at all times. So, like, if I play an old school game, so I've been playing through, like, the Wild Arms games on PS1. Played through both oh, of those cool. kind of recently. Yeah, they're pretty fun. They're... They're more akin to a, a SNES era RPG than I think yeah, a lot of the PS1 for sure. stuff. And so I enjoyed those, but um, I could also listen to a podcast while I played them. So I was, you know, doing listening to something I enjoyed and playing something I enjoyed, and I didn't have to be, I wasn't mentally taxed by the game, so I could really soak in, you know, the podcast or whatever I was listening to. Uh, but with modern stuff like it, they usually deserve your complete and full attention. Like when I played Red Dead, I had to just you know there's no listening to a podcast while you're playing that it defeats the whole purpose of the game so right yeah you have to be in a mindset you gotta be in yeah you gotta be engrossed in the whole game and like have the sound like blasted and so you can hear all the ambience and right gotta play it on a 65 inch screen (laughs) exactly yeah and it's it's rewarding from that regard too like when you experience that and you're like you know you take in all of its its qualities because it does sound great and it does look good and it is well told and and so I, I definitely want to appreciate all those things, but sometimes I want to turn that off and just yeah, I hear you. So let me ask you. Uh, so speaking of your process, there going back a little bit, you know, you talk about how you needed focus or you know something something to glom onto or, or whatever the case may be, and you use a randomizer to pick what games your videos are going to be on. Yeah, what is the worst game the randomizer has picked so far? I mean, Twin Eagle, I guess. Um, really? That's the worst so far? <laughs> I was trying to think. I'm waiting for the day that it lands on Action 52 because I'm pretty stoked um, to just make fun of all of those. But, I mean, I don't know. Wh- whatever it is, there's probably a video for it. I did. Um, I have a video on Commando coming out, which is a really not great NES game. I liked Commando. I thought you it did? was, I mean, I was like freaking eight years old when I played it, but I right. thought it was cool. I mean, it's simplistic. Um Yeah. But, I, yeah, I don't know. I guess the ones that were hard for me, like, I almost said, okay, I'm not doing this, were the game show games. Just because I was like, is is anyone really going to care? Like, am I going to get made fun of for, you know, doing these videos? Of, like, game show games, really, guy? You think you're going to do a review on those and we're going <laughs> to care? But I ended up having a lot of fun. And then it just ended up being a, a nostalgia um you know, source for a lot of folks who are like, oh my God, I used to watch the show all the time. I forgot all about it. And like, that was kind of nice to get those kinds of comments. So it was less about the game and more about what the games were about. Yeah. People's experiences with it. And not only that, but a lot of those game show games were owned by families, you know, and it was like mom and dad's way to get into playing Nintendo. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I called attention to that because I was like, you know, very few, (laughs) very few people, 
that we know bought Family Feud, but I bet our parents bought them, you know, th- those games, just like thinking, oh, well, it'd be great for, you know, us and the kids to sit down and, and play this game together, you know, whatever it was to them back then. I'm betting very few kids were like, oh, my God, I need to get, like, saw in a magazine Family Feud. And we're like, Mom, please. <laughs> yeah, I, I doubt that happened, but I bet a lot of dads were about, like, yeah, I bet, I bet we could do this. Well, yeah, I remember my friend's dad had a Game Boy, and he only had two games. He had Tetris, and he had Golf. Yeah, that's and a dad Game Boy ask- right there. Yeah, and I remember asking him, like, don't you want any more games? He's like, I don't need any more games. I just play <laughs> this when I'm on the toilet. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, if, if if that's all you're using it for, then I can't say I blame you. And by the way, my mom did buy Family Feud for Super Nintendo there you go. just because she – and she wanted to play that by herself. Like she, <laughs> she was like, you guys go away. I want to I beat the computer. And she, she had fun with that. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. Yeah, the randomizer, man. I I dig what it. What was the best game the randomizer picked up that you like? You weren't ex- you've never heard of it. You weren't expecting anything. What was the best game? So it has landed on the Mega Man, a few of the Mega Man games, and I'm pushing sure. that off because I want to play through the fifth one like outright. I don't want to be rushed to do it for a video. And me and a buddy right. will play through those together. We kind of switch off, and we've done it for every Mega Man that you know that you know one through. One, two, three, four, six, and then X1, X2. So there's some tradition cool. there. So kind of waiting on a good opportunity for that. So I'm kind of pushing that off. Plus, I don't really know how I'm going to do it. So that I still need some, you know, I don't know if I'm going to do like a part one with the first three or do them individually. So I keep putting sure. it off until I, I come to um, some agreement with myself of how I'm going to do it. Right Those on. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And there are a few the, that will come up that I will push off for the sake of like timing, like, uh, I got the baseball one. I was like, well, I'll push that to opening day. You know, I, I won't do it next, but I'll put it on the list. Or if I get a game that's kind of ha- Halloween-themed, I'll go ahead and slot it for one of the October slots. But um, for the most part, oh, I just yeah. run with it. Yeah, Makes sense. I, I'm trying to think back to Mega Man 5, and to be honest, 4, 5, and 6 like all blend together in my mind. Like, what is who is in five? Is that Pharaoh Man? Like, I can't, I can't <laughs> even remember. I, can't, I have no. It's weird because people are like, "Oh, you've beaten most of the Mega Man. You must be like an expert." I'm like, dude, I have no. I couldn't tell you. I know Rock Man's in a couple of them. Like, I think. <laughs> like, I have no memory of of the dude until I sit down and play the game. I they have, all blend together. They do after yeah. a certain point. Like two, like one, two, and three are pretty distinct in my mind because that's when I first got into video games. Right, and of course, two has the um, awesome soundtrack and uh, yes. the invincible, practically invincible weapon of Metal Man's uh, buzzsaw weapon, which is like the best weapon ever. Um, mm-hmm. I'm reading now. Yeah, Mega Man Five is like Starman, Gravity Man. Uh, Charge Man. I think Charge Man's the one with the with the with the awful kick. Oh yeah, it was five the one where Nintendo Power had had readers design the bosses. Was it that one or was that six? That uh, was... I think that was six. Okay. I th- actually, I think five. Here, let's see. I think five did do that in uh, America, and six did it in Japan or something like that. I can't remember off the top of my head. I think they both. Um, Leave us an angry comment if you know. Leave us a really yeah. Leave us a really angry like lots of caps and swear words and all that. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I mean, this is drunk friend. We were doing this with drinks and basing all of our gaming memories and experiences off the top of our heads. So I mean, I'm trying to I'm trying to enjoy my (laughs) beverage while uh, you know reading through a Wikipedia page and that's right. You know, that's not going so well here. But uh, 
for Mega Man 3, though, um, I was recently at MAGFest, which is a big music and gaming convention here on the East Coast. Wow, um, cool. This was pre-quarantine, thankfully, and we I got to, to see some people. And I got in line to meet Harumi Fatari, which was the composer for some of the tracks of Mega Man 3, and she signed my cartridge of Mega Man 3, so that's pretty cool. Whoa. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's awesome. I'm not usually an autograph hound, but... Um, I had Mega Man three and she was there, so why not? Why not? Do yeah, that? that's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's. Uh, who, who, did you meet anybody else there? Like, what what was that like to to go to Magfest? Was that your first time going? No, it was actually like my seventh or eighth time going. Oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I I usually stay away from like anything that resembles an autograph line or a meet and greet kind of deal, uh, just because the lines are too long and yeah, there's so much more stuff to do at Magfest that I'd rather do than stand in line for something like that. If right. I run into them, that's cool. Like if I just bump, if I bumped into James Rolfe on the way to doing something else, that'd be awesome. But I don't really yeah. want to stand in line with a bunch of people for an hour just to have him, you know, frown at me and sign something. Yeah, so. do do the mug face. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, Magfest is awesome. A lot of live music. I've only been to a couple game convention type things, so I don't really have a lot to compare it to. But it's like more of a celebration of gaming in general, and not so much a not so much a con like with a big. You know, I've, I've been to like too many games where it's mostly just tables of things you can buy, like games you can huh. buy. And the marketplace is kind of a small part of this. There's like big arcade, lots of music, places to play board games, intellectual panels, um, and then tons of gaming adjacent celebrities. And I'm using a lot of air quotes. Um, but, <laughs> you know, it's a lot of fun. I enjoy it. So, okay. There's, if I, I can't see myself ever going to something like that just because I hate crowds. Right. Um, yeah. But what kind of arcade games are we talking here? Because if there's the right kind of, if they have some certain cabinets that like are really tough to find in the wild, then I am so there. I have heard that for the three nights or four nights that MAGFest is open, it's the largest arcade uh, oh on the God. East Coast and maybe the second largest in the world. I, I've just heard people say that. I don't know. But it, it is, is massive. It is massive. There are probably doubles okay. of most of the cabinets. Um, last year they had a big pinball push, so they had this whole giant. I'm not oh, really right even big on. to pinball, but just or not big into pinball. But well, some of the machines are really impressive. Like we were lucky enough to have uh, at Sister Bar here in Albuquerque uh, for a while. They had the Guns and Roses uh, pinball wow. machine, and that was loud as hell. And oh, it yeah. was like blasting like Paradise City and Sweet Child of Mine, and it was it had the That's band awesome. like uh, drawn, you know, real fancy artwork, and it was it was real. It, it was like a piece of art, really. It was so well done and well made and really cool. Like yeah, I just sat awesome. there staring at it for like <laughs> five minutes when I saw it. I didn't play it, but cause I'm not, I'm not very good at pinball, but yeah, yeah there's certain machines that are just like, you just want to sit and stare at them just cause you know, so much work went into like planning and like the artwork and the audio and all that sort of stuff is just really kind of a sight to behold. Yeah, and they're kind of an engineering wonder to me still. Right. Like just how they how they all operate and, and that they did for their time is pretty impressive. Um, I probably need less alcohol to go in depth on my pinball um, <laughs> affections. But the uh, in general, though, that, that arcade floor at MAGFest is, every time I go there, I'm impressed. I, like I said, I've been there eight times. It's grown a little bit. Um, it, there's kind of a growing segment though of newer stuff, which is a lot of uh, rhythm games. And, oh, DDR type. Yeah, stuff. a lot yeah, of that stuff. Sure. Um, which is pretty. I mean, people there are crazy good at that stuff. It's it's fun to just stand around and watch people just go nuts on those oh, yeah. things. It's incredible. So, yeah, yeah, I'd recommend. I have it. seen. 
some craziness on on those boards where the dude is like leaning back mm-hmm. like on his hands on the railing and he's just like doing two pads at once one with each foot yeah. and it's just like jesus like yeah, how do insane. you <laughs> well if you ever you, you know decide that it's it's uh worth facing some social anxiety over it'd be awesome to have you at MacFest. <laughs> well right on i appreciate that um yeah the, the whole issue with me with crowds is just like at least at baseball games and like events where you have seats like you have a piece of paper telling you where to go and you, where you're supposed to stay at stuff like that, it's just everybody moving in every direction. So there's a million different variables that are happening that you need to account for. And it's just like, this is a bit too much for me and my brain. So <laughs> I'm just going to not do that. But uh, the arcade thing, I, I feel like I like I would just want to walk around and like look at all the different titles. Like that would be that in itself would be would be enough for me like i can i can bear crowds for that especially if i can find <laughs> stuff like uh um just like super weird stuff like data east has really made some strange titles like uh, nitro ball which is like some sort of pseudo pinball smash tv wow thing where every level has its own theme like the first stage is football themed the second stage is like in a haunted house and the next stage after that is like a battlefield. Like it, it like those of you out there that uh, are listening and, and can Google, Google Nitro Ball Data East and just look at the craziness in some of the videos. It's that game is ridiculous. Like I would love to see that in the in the wild and be able to play that on an actual machine. When is that usually during the year? Uh, it's it's early. It's usually like the weekend after New Year's. Oh, OK. Yeah. And it's on the. um harbor just outside of dc so it's usually cold as balls it's so cold oh so, that doesn't scare me i'm from um, st paul minnesota that's, i was gonna that's say no you're a new deal. i thought maybe albert or albuquerque had changed you but um it's usually you I know mean, I, it's right on the water so it's like an extra bitter wind oh um, sure yeah my my girlfriend calls it knife cold <laughs> yes the, the oh, kind, that's perfect. the kind of the kind of cold that hurts yeah, yeah it's true no it's it's normal for me fair enough okay <laughs> I, I she calls me a moose so because <laughs> i can just adapt to like any cold so but um yeah i remember my after moving here to albuquerque um the first time i visited back home minnesota it was um in the summer because i'm not stupid but <laughs> but the next time I went back, I went back during winter break um, or during Christmas break for our work. Um, I work for a school, so we had uh, we get a bunch of time off between uh, Christmas and New Year's. So I, I went like on like December 28th and I was kind of nervous because I was like, the cold is really going to bother me because I love how warm it is in New Mexico. And it's it's interesting because like like right now it's probably 70 out right in uh albuquerque sunshine but it's the high desert so it still gets cold overnight it's still going to drop to like 35 and 35 after you've experienced 70 earlier in the you know the day before 35 feels like you know 35 below like it feels like way colder than it should be so i was pretty nervous when i went to minnesota like because this cold is just going to destroy me but i will never forget like getting my bag from the baggage claim and going walking outside and waiting for my parents to pick me up in their in their Volkswagen, uh, <laughs> just waiting there. And I had my coat on. I didn't have a hat. I didn't have gloves, and I didn't have a scarf. And I swear it had to have been minus six, minus seven, with a windchill of, 
it was their coldest week of the year. Every year, Minnesota has, or the Twin Cities area, I should say, has like a, a week where it just does not get above zero yeah. the whole week. Yeah, it's awful. And I happened to get there on that week, and I was fine. Like I was just like, oh, I remember this. It was almost <laughs> like it was almost like muscle memory kicked in, and it was like, yeah, that's right. You've done this before. You're back in this part of the country. Wow. Deal living, with it. Living that moose life. Yeah, the the moose blood kicked in. Jeez. It was it it was really interesting. Like I I wonder what would have. I I wish I had like some sort of scientific equipment like hooked up to me or had my blood taken or something to understand like this is not like I know this is cold. I recognize how cold this is, but it is not bothering me. I could stand out here and wait. And sure enough, I stood out there for like twenty minutes waiting, and I was like, this is not a big deal, dude. And I was just like, huh. The human body is weird. We could be more opposite. Like my friends call me the iguana and ask me if I need a, a hot rock or a, a heating rock whenever. Because if it's not seven, if I'm not sweating, I'm not having a good time. I don't know what it is. I'm completely different. Well, you and Clyde would make great friends because that's all Clyde does is just lay in the sun. Oh yeah. He he goes on our patio. He lays on the hot stone and just bakes himself. Well, we've we've uh, we've gone pretty far from from gaming and into how how much we like the weather, like two old men should. Um, but were there? You some- ever had just a tomato just to eat? <laughs> you ever had that? You know, you just sit down and it's like, damn, that's a good tomato. Now that's an old person conversation right there. Oh, man. Like, oh man, I love me a good tomato. You slice that up, put it on a sandwich. <laughs> ah, that's that's great. Uh, were there some Patreon questions we were going to get to before we close sure. this out? This um, episode too? Yes. So we got some uh, community questions from the Snestrunk Patreon. Um, let's start with Ryan. Um, looking back on the NES or Super Nintendo system library, which game do you most regret missing as a kid? That's a really good question. I think I could answer it with... A link to the past. I actually didn't play that game until two years ago. Even oh, though, wow. yeah, I'm a huge OG Legend of Zelda fan. I mean, huge. It's it's easily my favorite game. Um, it's the reason that I adore the NES so much, and yeah, the reason that um, I, you know, just thinking about like all the you know, good memories with my dad and that kind of thing. Like it's it's entrenched there. And then I got the second one for, for Christmas. I was a little disappointed because it wasn't what I thought yeah. it was. I know you've done a video on this. Um, it wasn't what I anticipated, but I ended up liking it years later. And for some reason, just never played A Link to the Past. I didn't, first, I didn't have a Super Nintendo, but it's not like I didn't sure. have opportunities to play it. But I would always kind of look back at that game and be like, man, I need to, I need to do it. I need to do it. And, f- and finally, a couple years ago, I did. But I really wished I'd played it earlier. Did you finish it? Yeah, yeah, I loved it. It's amazing. Oh, right on. Yeah. Um, have you played the pseudo follow-up? Um, the heck is it called for? Oh, A Link Between Worlds. Uh, on the 3DS? No. On the 3DS? Yeah, I've got it behind me here. No, I don't. I don't have a 3DS, unfortunately, but I do want to. Oh, it's on my, I guess, bucket list, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. Uh, at the, yeah, I was going to say, like, that's, like, if you liked Link to the Past, if you dig that top-down Zelda stuff, like, mm-hmm. that should be, like, your next uh, uh, bucket list thing, because that game is awesome, too. Yeah, I did um, play the DS and, ones, and I I just got, they I, they didn't do it for me. I, I had high hopes. Which were the, is that Phantom, whatever it's called? Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Tracks, yeah. yeah. Oh, I never even played Spirit Tracks. I did play Phantom Hourglass. And that one's kind of like, okay, I eh. guess. Um very meh but i mean spirit tracks i don't know i, I don't want to be too divisive but it just ah 
it, it infuriated me more than anything. Um, let's see. So looking back on the Super Nintendo library, I guess I already answered this. Which games do you most regret, most regret missing as a kid? For me, it's it's Harvest Moon because oh, yeah. I was huge into SimCity as a kid. And then later on, uh, when we got a computer, I was huge into SimCity 2000. Um, I put so many hours into that game. And um, Harvest Moon is kind of the same spirit where it's like a lot of management, a lot of, it's a lot of routine, um, that sort of thing. And I remember when I first played it and <laughs> I had to laugh because you start the game basically clearing out like brush and logs and rocks and stuff. And you're using like various tools to do various things. Then you can finally plant stuff and there's a day night cycle. And I'm, I'm thinking like, man, <laughs> this would totally be the lamest game in the world to some people. But to me, <laughs> this is freaking awesome. <laughs> like I get to, I guess it was a lot of, a lot of stuff to like invoke your imagination. It was like, it really felt like I owned my own farm. You know what I mean? Or right. I, I was running my own city and I could do whatever I want with it, that sort of thing. So yeah, it was, it definitely would have been Harvest Moon. The only other ones I can think of are like games that I already liked in the first place. Like I never, I never owned Final Fight 3 as a kid. I would have loved it. Uh, I never owned Yoshi's Island as a kid, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Right. Like, it's like, well, duh, everybody likes, you know, I would, I, but yeah, that's Harvest Moon is my answer. All right. Uh, next up, Paul asks, which fighting games had the cheapest AI to fight against? I I keep going back to uh, Mortal Kombat 2 is the big one for me. Um, just because it seemed impossible. Like, once you got past, like, the second fight. I remember I would always pick Baraka. Mm-hmm. you'd always start like the first fight w- would be in that acid pit and then you you do the finisher to like uppercut them into the acid pit and then a skeleton float up and you're like it was awesome you're super <laughs> into the game and then the, i think the next stage was the pit um where you uppercut the guy into the spikes the below you get all this momentum the game is super fun and then it's like the computer just starts saying nope and it's it's over like I, you start playing guys like Scorpion, Sub Zero, and especially Melina is the cheapest fighting game oh, character yeah, ever. Dude. She does uh, that teleportation move that's just beyond annoying, ugh. and she, the computer abuses the hell out of it. And yeah, that's my pick. I I cannot if I play that game, it has to be against a second player. I guess my easy answer would be all of them because I'm really bad <laughs> in general. I'm just terrible at fighting games i uh, didn't you know i was an only child and i didn't really have a ton of friends at least well i had friends but they were also weren't into fighting games so i just didn't play them a ton they just weren't sure. a thing so I, I you know i missed out on years of 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 adolescent practice that would have made me a good fighting game player but i've tried to play a few since and recently one that comes to mind where i really thought i was going to just choke myself out with the controller cord was <laughs> Fatal Fury. I can't remember which one. Probably the first one. I played it on like a compilation CD, and I know it has like. Um, I, I, isn't it kind of kin to, to Final Fight? Isn't it a lot of the same characters? I Man, I could be wrong about that. I don't know. I know. I mean, a- Cody, Cody, and the, the main guy. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I forget his name. Yeah, like Terry Bogard um, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's who it is. Yeah, they they definitely have a resemblance for sure. Okay. Yeah. Um. Maybe I'm conflating Hagar and Bogard. But anyway, 
<laughs> I uh, I made it to the to the boss, um, which wasn't easy. I mean, I spent all weekend just screaming at my television trying to get there, and I think it's Geese Howard. I think that's the name of the yes, guy. Yes, that's yeah. the final. Yeah, I'll, I remember that. Oh, I'll never forget. I don't know why. I, I usually don't remember shit like that, but I remember that. And that guy took me so long. I mean, I ah, oh, what a cheesy, oh, dude. I I invented new cuss words. Um, <laughs> my wife was. I'm I'm sure she was scared at some point. Like it was <laughs> like slowly backing away, like taking the child out of the yeah. It was a tough house. fight. It was a tough fight. Um, I and people out there are probably like, that's like the easiest. That's one of the easiest fighting games there is. Like, yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt. It. I'm just that bad. And uh, yeah, it was, you're saying stuff like Geese Howard. What kind of a name is that? Yeah, that's yeah. not even a name. It's an animal. What's your problem? <laughs> Yeah, it was it was tough on me, man. I, uh, oh, that yeah. sucks. Well, anyway, let's. That's uh, <laughs> a it's a stark visual there. A uh, very incensed Trav shouting at his TV insults at at a uh, <laughs> at Fatal Fury characters. Yeah. Um, yeah. Next is Burger Champ. Ooh, He's I gonna like ask. Yeah. Yeah, didn't you want to? Ch- I remember you, you said you wanted to challenge this guy. I want to be Burger Champ, whatever it takes. Yeah, you name yeah, the place. Well, and you name can the we burger. have some kind? Of, can we have some kind of showdown here? <laughs> we channel the hammer has been laid down, Burger Champ. Okay, so <laughs> it says, uh, "What what was your hometown gaming scene like growing up? In terms of like pharmacy rental games, outlet mall budget games, arcades, that sort of stuff." Yeah, so like I said, you know, I currently I live in. Uh, rural Virginia, and I grew up not far from here in even more rural Virginia in this little town that had a stoplight, uh, a Piggly Wiggly, which I guess mm. that's kind of highfalutin, but we had one, um, <laughs> like a bank, and we also had a duplex theater for no reason. Um, you could fit most of the town in it. It was incredible. And huh. yeah, and then out front, there was tons of arcade machines, so that's how I was you know, introduced to most video gaming um, that, you know, wasn't on the NES was was through the arcades. And I remember playing the, the Turtles arcade game there and losing my mind. Like, whenever um, I'd get to go to a movie, Dad would send me out with, like, four quarters, which is barely enough for, for a six-year-old to do anything with an arcade machine. And I bet <laughs> it bought me the best 48 seconds of Ninja Turtles <laughs> any dad could have ever bought for a son. Um, right. So there was that. So that was actually kind of cool. For a small town, we were, we were pretty blessed to have that as an arcade. But there were also two rental shops in town that I remember. One was called Video World. And just by the name, you're thinking, wow. So many, so many games. Probably endless selection of games. Um, yeah. No, it was like <laughs> I, I, I'm looking around my room right now, and I'm like, yeah, I think you could put Video World in here. Like it was so small. <laughs> it was mainly just old VHS tapes that had Arnold Schwarzenegger on it, and like three NES sports games. Like it wasn't much. Um, so it, we usually avoided that. But there was this one like off the beaten path place, and it was sort of a, it was a gas station and like a hunter's shop. So like they sold. Like bait and minnows, and you could get—I think you could get a gun oh there God. and like a fishing pole, and you could get like—I remember you could get dirty magazines because I knew not to go like that far back. Yeah, but if you went down in the basement, which sounds like that's where they should have put the dirty magazines, they actually put all their video games down there, and it was this huge basement with rows and rows of like you know any new system that came out, they they usually stocked it with lots of games to rent, lots of movies. It was awesome. I loved going down there, and it was. It, the lights were always off when you went down. You had to turn the light on yourself, and it went back to like 
I don't even know what was on the other side. Like, it was kind of too afraid to go too far back. But <laughs> I re- we rented so many games and so many movies from that place. Um, and it, it closed down even before I graduated high school. But it was such a cool little off-the-beaten-trail place. Oh, right on. You're, you're speaking in the past tense, though. Is that place long gone? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I mean, oh. it probably closed down while it was still, like, in the 90s. But um, yeah. as, a, as a young kid, I, and I could be, you know, exaggerating it a little bit because I was so small. But it seemed like a larger-than-life rental place just you know i imagine like that scene from the matrix when like you know he hits the thing and like just rows of guns come out like that's how that rental store is to me like it was just an endless endless sections of of rows of games and movies that you could get that was awesome yeah that's not that sounds perfect i mean what else could you possibly want yeah for me it was um mr movies was in on west in west st paul on robert street and thompson avenue that was um usually our first destination for rentals there was also video update which had a lot less stuff where was video update i forget where the other one was but uh we eventually got a video update store in uh, south st paul minnesota which is where i grew up and in their back room they ended up somehow getting a bunch of arcade games back there um and they were mostly fighting games i think it was like four i want to say there were five but i can't remember the fifth because it was Street Fighter II Champion Edition, where you can play as the bosses, which was awesome. Ah. There was a WWF Superstars. Um, there was uh, World Heroes. There was Art of Fighting, which was awesome because you could unplug it and plug it back in and get a free game. <laughs> and then there was uh, there was one more. I just can't remember what it is. And there was like uh, the Kiss Pinball Machine in the back, too. Oh, nice. Yeah. I don't, I don't like Kiss at all, but... That machine was like cool because it was always like blasting like music and stuff like that. So yeah, I wonder was... if that's worth any money. Actually, I don't know because I, I have a um a buddy whose his um father in law has one, and he at this this memory's just this is a three year old memory coming back to me at his wedding. He's like, "Hey Travis, I know you're into games," and I was like, "Yeah, buddy." He's like, "I got a Kiss pinball machine. How much you think it's worth?" And I was like, "I don't know," and then. I was not reminded of that conversation until just now. Wow! So, I, so maybe I could tell him. Maybe I could be like, "Hey, man, I remember three, three years ago you brought you brought this up." Eight. I'm looking on eBay, yeah. which is probably a bad source. Could be uh, because the prices are going to be ridiculous. There's two on here. One is ten thousand dollars, and one what? is ten thousand five hundred dollars. <laughs> Jesus! Yeah. Wow. That's pretty insane. Maybe I can just tell him I give him, you know, five hundred for it and see what he says. <laughs> 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 I mean, jeez. I don't know the game. Yeah, and these no, look like good. they're in good shape too. Like the the bumpers, That's everything incredible. looks clean. Man, ten thousand. If I owned Crazy. anything that was worth ten thousand dollars, I couldn't get rid of it fast enough. <laughs> right on. Yeah, that was pretty much it for me. For as far as like our our scene, we just yeah had that one dinky rinky dink little arcade that we, I would walk to. Of course, there there was the big arcade that was co- that would come to the Minnesota State Fair. That's where I got to play like X Men and like the yeah, the Ninja Turtles game. I'm so jealous that you got to play it more than I did. <laughs> forty eight seconds for a dollar, man. Oh, those glorious forty eight seconds though, <laughs> amazing. Uh, but yeah, no, that's that's where they they really brought out like daytona usa and like all like the big games for the state fair so that's where that was a lot of my exposure to like the more high pro oh that's right i i just now remembered there's um um a wells there's a bowling alley called wells fargo not to be confused with the bank what 
and that is where we went to play um they had like all the adult you know the rated m for mature games right they were the first to get mortal kombat and mortal kombat 2 they had cabal they had um a bunch of other games i can't remember but that place reeked of cigarette smoke and you know it's bowling alley it smells like a freaking bowling alley (laughs) right 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 but i'll never forget the visual of when mortal kombat 2 showed up i went there with my friend dustin and we we walked in like excited to try it out and there was already a crowd of like i want to say 20 25 kids like standing around one machine Jeez. and there's just like this constant chatter like blah, 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 blah. and there's it's just the the atmosphere is just electric like we're seeing all these new characters and this blood and one guy if there's always one guy that somehow knows all the moves and knows all the finishers and it's like how the hell do you know all this stuff already this game just came out yeah, and man. he he was he was doing kung lao's finisher with the hat where you slice the guy's head off and stuff like that of course, nobody could beat this dude. It was like the scene out of The Wizard. It was ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah, that, that just came back to me like just now. Like I, I remember Mortal Kombat being there, but I forgot about Mortal Kombat 2 and like me and Dustin going there and being like, well, I guess we're not going to play because <laughs> uh, we'd have to wait like three hours in line just Jeez. to have a chance to get at this guy. And even then, this guy would kick the crap out of us. I can't believe there was a bowling alley named Wells Fargo. Like, is Wells Fargo like the name of... Like, I don't understand... I don't get see when people would talk about the bank I'm like what are you talking about Wells Fargo's a bowling alley so I was always confused by that yeah I always I still think of it as a bowling alley (laughs) that's great that's awesome well does that um pretty much wrap up an episode of drunk friends yeah we're pretty much uh I think that's about it for now for our uh um makeup episode i guess uh, weren't there supposed to be guests uh, there will be eventually yes yes uh, technical problems but uh, that will be remedied in the coming weeks yes yes the sophomore episode it, you know we're still building rapport we're greasing the wheels getting into it um i might have had <laughs> too much some, to drink you know i don't know greasing some palms that's uh right. yeah that's how you get that's how you get by in this world i, I still had i had a lot of things i was going to ask you in this episode and then i think for five solid minutes we talked about how resistant we were to extreme temperatures which <laughs> which is pretty cool i think that's uh listeners are gonna love it so uh all right, right on <laughs> so that's that's been another drunk friend podcast if you like this show and want to hear others with me on it specifically you can go to polykill.com try out the polykill podcast if you want it's a good time also, we want to give a shout-out to Coolor for the podcast music. Uh, the song you heard is called Electric Star Bounce, and you can find a link to more of his music on the Buzzsprout podcast page. Yes, do that. It's very good. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at TravPlaysGames. And I'm at SnessDrunk. Catch us on YouTube, and thanks for listening. And we hope you have a great rest of your day. Bye.